Several years ago on Halloween, I was in a fourth grade public school classroom where the children were dressed up. Matthew was dressed as Moses. He had on a white wig and beard, wore his father's brown robe, a rope belt, and sandals. His parents had helped him carefully cut out cardboard tablets of stone and written the Ten Commandments on them. I always enjoyed creating Halloween costumes for my children when they were growing up and remember thinking, what a great costume. I wish I had thought of it. Not only was it homemade, but it gave Matthew an opportunity to share God's love with his classmates in a public school setting. At the other extreme was Eric, dressed as Jason from the movie Friday the 13th. His costume was white, his arms were wrapped in white bandages, and he had fake blood smeared across his entire body. Matthew's costume was very appropriate and in good taste. Eric's was very inappropriate. I personally see nothing wrong with allowing children to dress up or go trigger-treating with parental supervision. There's nothing spiritually wrong with wearing costumes and receiving treats that are willingly given. But costumes should be appropriate and Christ-pleasing. Halloween can also offer us opportunities to share Christ with children and their parents when they come to our home. Join us today as I interview Krista Young, a director of Christian education at Hope Lutheran Church in Wake Forest, North Carolina. She's also the mother of two daughters. We'll talk about Halloween and today's families. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. Welcome, Krista. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Kay. Thank you for having me. Well, uh, Halloween is our topic, Halloween and today's families. And I know you have two daughters and you also work with youth at uh, your your church, so you probably have a lot that you do in this area, do you not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a conversation that comes up pretty regularly. All right. Tell me about your favorite Halloween memory with your daughters and your family. Well, um, I always need to start by saying I didn't grow up celebrating Halloween because oh. we grew up overseas in the mission field. So as a teenager, I never quite figured it out. Now, what do we do again? <laughs> so having children was really a, a new experience for me to experience Halloween through them. But in St. Louis, Missouri, where we used to live, um, when you trick-or-treat, you walk up to the door and they the children say a joke or do a trick and then they get uh, then they get the treats. Here where I live in North Carolina, kids just yell, trick or treat, and they don't have to do anything for it. But yeah. one of my favorite stories is when my oldest daughter was about four. We went from house to house to house, and she had a little pumpkin basket that got full, and um, it was getting heavier to carry, but she had practiced her jokes and really wanted to tell her jokes. So she ran up to the houses, told her jokes, but said, no, thank you, I have enough treats. <laughs> ran down, ran to the next house, told her joke, and Joel and I, her dad and I, were like, "No, no, we want the treats. We'll help you eat them." <laughs> yeah. But she didn't um, want any more treats, huh? Yeah, she didn't need it. No, thank you. I have enough candy. I just oh. wanted to, you know, tell the joke and um, <laughs> have you noticed my costume. So that was kind of a fun experience. To That's remember. fun. I was uh, down in Austin last summer and got to go trick or treating with my three grandchildren, and Luke was just mm-hmm. two and a half, and. 
Oh, mm-hmm. his it was light, of course, when we started, and mm-hmm. his eyes got so big when that person put that candy into his <laughs> basket. He said, "Yuck, Grandma." candy. <laughs> and mm-hmm. mom doesn't give them candy very often. So that's another yeah, whole issue. Treat. Yeah. Well, Krista, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that I said when I ask you this is sometimes we hear in the Christian community, we shouldn't ever associate with Halloween. It has uh, the, the origins stem from a pagan holiday, which is true. Um, but um, I said, I don't want to come from that perspective. I believe that there is nothing morally wrong with letting children dress up and have a good time. There are some things we want to do to make sure that our children are safe. So we want to come from that perspective. I hope you agree with that. And um, (laughs) one of the things you wanted to talk a bit about, maybe we could start with that, is the importance of fantasy play and that costumes can help children develop their imagination in their playtime. So let's talk before we actually delve a little bit more into Halloween about that concept that children do like to dress up and play. Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a key piece of their development actually and and especially preschool age and and early elementary that's how they work out roles and relationships and communication and who, you know, who's who and what's what and what the difference between, you know, men and women are or all different things and my um, children, whatever the costumes were that we picked for Halloween, um, went into a big tub in their closets and became part of their dress-up sure, all year sure. long. And friends would come over and, you know. Um, and I actually was pretty anti-Halloween before I had children. Oh. And um, I had done a lot of research in college about some of the origins and, and the occult um, sacrifices and different things that happen on Halloween as uh, as a satanic holiday. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty against it, actually. And my dad, who's been a lifelong educator and worked with children, was the person that kind of said, hey, you know, I think you need to think about this from a different perspective and was able to, to really help me to see how fundamental that is for children, the dressing up and the, and the fantasy. And for us, it kind of has become... A, um, a real tradition. When we lived closer to family, it was everybody went to Grandma and Grandpa's mm-hmm. house and walked up and down their street, and mm-hmm. the neighbors sit outside, and and you get to know your neighbors and yes. you interact with them, and and you know sometimes they have fire pits out front or whatever, and and um, just becomes this community event of pulling people together, and and I think there's value in that, but but the dress up play, I think if you look at any preschool, they do. Um, you know they will have a dress up center. And and it's sort of just no well known that children need some of that fantasy play. And the other thing that I, that makes me think of it is um, C.S. Lewis and writing things like mm. you know um, the Narnia series. You know, some of that could be considered oh that's just fantasy, mm-hmm. but it, it's that part of our imagination that helps us connect to the reality of God and who God is in our world today. You know, and so sometimes that fantasy play teaches us about the world and helps us really understand it. That's great. That's great. And I'm glad we, you know, had a chance to share that. I I think, again, and I want to just touch a little bit on uh, the history, just briefly, um, the what I read at the at the, in the introduction is from my book Witnessing a Lifestyle, and there's a section in there on sharing our faith faith during the uh, Halloween. But the, here is some a little bit more that I have in there. Parents should be aware that the origins of Halloween stem from a pagan holiday. 
often known as the Festival of the Dead. It has clear connections with the primitive and sometimes savage rites of the priestly Druids in the pre-Roman, pre-Christian Celtic communities of Northern and Western Europe, especially in Ireland and Scotland. Because of this primitive festival, the Catholic Church in the 7th century instituted the Christian celebration of All Saints' Day on November 1st, and Protestants, especially Lutherans, celebrate the Reformation that happened on October October 31st. But just because something had origins of uh, that that were wrong doesn't make this wrong. Um, Krista, you're a Lutheran educator. There is a term called, and I always wonder if I'm going to say it right, audiophora. Did I mm-hmm. say that right? Yeah. Where if exactly. the Bible does not say you cannot celebrate Halloween, <laughs> um, we have to be able to make a decision. Can you just kind of explain, I hope I'm throwing this at you, for our listeners a little bit what that term actually means? Yeah, adiaphora is um, sort of the extra stuff um, that Christians might get hooked into um, that is not necessarily fundamental for our faith. Um, for me, a conversation, I remember growing up a, con- a congregation that was switching to the quote-unquote new hymnal and People left the church because they were so upset that it would be a different, a different hymnal, and it wasn't about the color of the of the book or the tune of the the new liturgy. Um, I always saw that as is, if we're worshiping God in our heart and in our spirit, it doesn't matter. It's adiaphora. It's just all the extra stuff that we get caught up in instead of focusing on. Let's really worship God, and it doesn't matter what tune we're singing, mm-hmm. you know, our liturgy to, it's, it's about worship. Or whatever those core values are that we believe as Christians, Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins, rose on Easter, you know, the, the basic stuff that comes out of the creed, those things are sort of non-negotiables. The other stuff, you know, whether you have blue carpet or red carpet or stained glass mm-hmm. windows or... Um, guitars or no guitars, I think a lot of that stuff is what I consider audiophora, just the extra stuff that can often distract us, actually, mm-hmm. from from the real from the real issues of our faith. Right, and what God's Word actually says versus what we decide mm-hmm. to add to it. We don't want right. to add to or take away from God's mm-hmm. Word. So let's talk right. a little bit more about children dressing up, especially as it relates to Halloween. Um, I... I uh, don't believe that we should allow our children to dress up in costumes that glorify Satan and evil beings. But I have to tell you, Krista, that when my children were growing up in the younger years, I didn't see that as a problem. So mm-hmm. I, I, I do think now, knowing what I know, know, that it is okay for children to dress up, but we need to be careful that they don't glorify Satan or evil mm-hmm. beings. And a lot of times that is the kind of thing we're, we're having children dress up at, at Halloween. And, and I think we need to be careful about that. What would mm-hmm. you say about that? I think that, um, you know, I, I'm thinking of the passage that um, we're to be in the world, but not of the world. Um, and offhand, I don't know exactly where that passage is, but I'll think of it in a minute. But the idea that... Um, that to partake in Halloween and to and to have part of the fun and the festivities, and um, and sort of the lighthearted part of it, 
as the children get older, I think it's important that they do kind of recognize some of the connections, even to the modern day cult world or the, you know, there was a big movement in um, teenagers a couple of years ago into the Wicca mm-hmm. um, religion in terms of the earth and, and worshiping all different things and, and witches and stuff. And if you look at even Disney Channel, a lot of that stuff is heading towards witches and magic and different things. So I think it's important to teach our children what we believe and why. Um, and and it can often maybe be a confusing, you know, message to them if we say, well, we don't really believe in this stuff, but yet you're allowed to dress up as that for Halloween. And my kids have never, um, have, haven't done the gory, and, and mostly because they're probably because they're girls and they're not boys. Mm-hmm. They don't really care about that stuff. But but we do have conversations about what's appropriate and, and how our family uses Halloween um, we we do some really fun things, I think, with Halloween that also help spread the message of what we believe and use it as a, like, almost a, a festivity of light and let Jesus' mm-hmm. light shine through mm-hmm. that. Um, and I don't know if you're ready for specifics like yeah, that. Yeah, please share some. I was just going to ask you, what do you do? We, one of the things my kids have always done is as we carve jack-o'-lanterns, we usually do three, one for the family and one for each of the girls. We will usually do one of them. We'll have Christian symbols on them, you know, but like gonna, the fish for the eye, great, you know, the ichthys for the eyes, and a cross for the nose, and and um, and just a way to say, you know, Jesus' light is shining off our front stoop, and Good. and here here we go. Um, the other thing we love to do is um, there's an organization online called CTA and um, Christian Tools of Affirmation. I think mm-hmm. is now the acronym for it, mm-hmm. and they have little. Um, They'll have scripture candies or little glow-in-the-dark flashlights. And every year we try to pick something that we're going to give out with the candy. Good. And um, that just kind of shares a little message about, sure. you know, last year it was a little flashlight that said shine, and it oh, wow. had a little acronym for, you know, share Jesus' love and stuff like that. So um, as as a family, our family has kind of found different ways to um, to use use our faith, um, or to use Halloween as a as a witnessing tool during when kids are coming to our house and stuff like that, and and I think it's easy ways to do that, and and helping helping our children understand the that there are evils, you know, there yeah. there are safety things you have to can be concerned about, and and stay in groups and have a flashlight with you, and some mm-hmm. of those can stay near your parents. Um, but I also think that it's a you know if if you take a lot of if you take those precautions, you can do it really well, and your children can have a great opportunity to share with their friends. Well, why do you have a cross on your pumpkin? Mm-hmm. You know, oh well, because you know we believe in Jesus, and we want His light to shine on this night to everybody who comes to our house or whatever it is. That's great. And and I also wanted to just jump in there, Kay, and say that my understanding of the original. Um, a Christmas originally was a was a pagan holiday. Absolutely, you are exactly correct. Yep. yep, it was. You know, it was Yule, whatever it was, in the winter solstice or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so we would never, by any means, not celebrate Christmas because it came originally from a different pagan holiday. Mm-hmm. But as Christians, I think it. You know, we can take something and shine the light of Christ on it Absolutely. and make it something that um, you know is something to celebrate and. Um, and I also think Halloween I've done with some of our youth, we've done some, um, like haunted corn mazes and different things Mm -hmm. and then use them as really great teaching opportunities to talk about fear or to talk about, um, 
evil in the world and, you know, to talk about how Jesus um, died for our sins and, and wins um, the, the battle of good and evil. And there's lots of teaching opportunities um, and even ghosts and goblins, you know, what do we believe about ghosts and what do we believe about witches and, mm-hmm. and what does the Bible sure, so say we... about some of that stuff? It's a great teaching um, tools. teachable moment. Absolutely. Very good. My daughter uh, made a Our Halloween Fun uh, pictures from uh, the the new, uh, is it Shutterfly that makes books 2000 oh, to 2010? Yeah. But on the back, she has this statement with a picture of her and her husband as they help the children carve the pumpkin. Good parents teach you how to properly carve a pumpkin. Great parents show you how to have fun doing it. And I just thought that was oh, so cute. I want to make yeah. a few announcements and then we'll go back, come back to talk a little bit more about some more aspects of Halloween. Today, Family Shield is giving away the booklet, Live the Six, Being an Everyday Missionary. To request a complimentary copy, call the Family Shield Response Center, 1-877-250-8416, or email us at witness2family at gmail.com. Please make sure you give us your complete name and address when you call or write. The Family Shield radio program airs on more than 50 radio stations each week throughout the United States and is also available through our podcast. We are a listener-supported ministry. We invite your prayers and support. If you'd like to support us, send a gift to Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri 63123. You can also donate on our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. If you're a Thrivent Financial member, you can designate your Thrivent Choice dollars to support Family Shield Ministries. Go to www.thrivent.com slash Thrivent Choice or call Thrivent at one 800 847 4836, and one of their employees will help you. Remember, you choose, but Thrivent gives the gift. Why not put Family Shield Ministries into your will or estate? Family Shield's estate program is entitled Generations Legacy. Your gift will allow us to continue the ministries for many generations and beyond your lifetime. For more information, contact us at witness to family at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening to Family Shield and for your prayers. This is Kay Meyer, host for today's Family Shield program. Thanks for listening. I want to go back to our discussion with Krista Young, and uh, she's a director of Christian education. She's a mother of two. And let's talk some more about how congregations are involving children and families at Halloween and how they're sharing Christ. You talked a little bit about how your individual family is doing that. And I think that's wonderful. By the way, I did see too that uh, Concordia Publishing House has some little uh, bags and things that have a Christian message you can put the candy inside. So those are new and I think that's great. Um, I went last year, Krista, to a trunk or treat event mm-hmm. with my daughter, and I was blown away at how wonderful it was, how neat. I thought, this is fun. I think this is great. This big church had food, no cost. 
they had all these cars and everybody was dressed up and there were just lots of people from the community coming. Uh, does your church do anything like that? Yeah, we actually, we do a Hope Fest, which is a big um, festival with every ministry in the congregation that's involved with it, but um, everything from four or five bounce houses, pony rides, um, karaoke, pie-eating contests, tug-of-rope, you know, all sorts of fun and, you know, oh, hay rides around the neighborhood, and and everything is free, and hot Mm -hmm. dogs, and um, all of that, and I. There's been several people that have just they walk in from the community, or we have a big preschool connected to us, and they go, "Really, we don't have to pay for any of this?" <laughs> and um, it's really fun. But trunk or treat is sort of the end of that night or end of that day, and um, families decorate. They they have different awards. One is for the most <laughs> like fancy decorations, and one is like silly decorations. I don't know. They have three or four different awards. And then we have a little costume parade where the kids parade around first. Mm. And that's also our way of kind of organizing everybody and getting everybody on board. And then um, they do, we we block off a a portion of the parking lot. And people sit out by, you know, the families that aren't trick-or-treating or or like my kids are older. They sit out by the cars and they hand out candy and um, music is playing in the background and um, it's just a great time of fellowship. It's really fun to meet new new people or um, interact with people who are members of the congregation but maybe haven't been real connected. And we've just had, it's just a really become a, a huge thing for us, and we've really enjoyed it. And I know there's some logistics for the children's ministry team always trying to figure out at the last minute who's, if they're parked in the right places and, you know, mm-hmm. all of that. But, um, but it's really worth it, and it really has be, been a lot of fun. And and um, we don't do it on Halloween. Uh, I was just going to um, ask that question, yeah. Yeah, for us this year, it'll be on Saturday, um, and Halloween, I think, is like Monday, and our community is celebrating Halloween on, on Sunday night. So we don't we haven't done it on the day of. We've just done mm-hmm. it on whatever the Saturday is closest to Halloween, um, mostly because of logistics of having mm-hmm. it. during the week. My daughter didn't like that their church had their trunk or treat on Halloween because she feels like it's an opportunity for them to meet their neighbors. And Mm -hmm. um, I know when we used to take our kids trick or treating only around our little block, we didn't go very far. We would always meet new neighbors and it was was wonderful. Yeah. (coughs) Excuse me. So we, um, we've had neighbors that specifically will have a special gift for our kids. Um, just, you know, because we're right there and they know us and stuff. And so um, there's a lot of people that might jump in a car and go across town to the part of town that has the bigger houses or whatever. But I think there's value in knowing your neighbors oh, and absolutely. letting them get to, you know, and stand at the doorfront and have a little mini conversation with them. And then if they see your children out, you know, doing something like, oh, don't run in the street, they know your kids and your kids know them and there's a sense of community and safety in that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, we have a little bit of time left. Let's talk about safety issues. <coughs> <coughs> Would you, I'm coughing. Would you just. Yep, I, one of the best things I've seen um, families do with little children is something really simple from the dollar store or something would be those glow in the dark necklaces. And to have maybe that around their, you know, around their neck or on their head or whatever. And 
um, even if as it starts to get dark, or little flashlights that are fun flashlights for the kids to hold. Um, but it just helps the parents always keep a visual. And the other thing that I think is really great these days is those little light-up tennis shoes that light up when they walk because it just is a great way to go, oh, yeah, there's a little person right there. Um, We like to always trick-or-treat in a group of people. Um, Lately, in the last four to five years here where we live, um, we have a group that we all get together and everybody brings a pot of chili or soup and we have dinner first. and, And then the men sit by the fire and hand out treats and the moms and the kids go, um, from door to door trick or treating, and we go with like we probably have twenty, twenty five people that you know go as a whole group, and and that's a lot of fun because there might be people that want to go a little faster or a little slower, and there's always a you know somebody to stick with so they're not off by themselves in the dark, and um, but I think keeping a visual, I don't I don't approve or I don't approve of parents just letting kids go off by themselves. I think it, it has potential to be a scary time and. Um, you know, and it can get dark, you know, pretty early and all of that. So any of those kind of precautions or even, you know, cell phone numbers or making sure your kids know their address if they do for some reason get separated or it's written on their, you know, there's a tag on them somewhere. Maybe if, you know, they can show somebody maybe, but um, I've never lost my kids on Halloween. We, I mean, <laughs> it can be kind of tense sometimes in the larger groups to go, wait a minute, I sure. see all these kids and I don't see my kid. Mm-hmm. But um, but we've just all together as a group kind of kept track of everybody and and worked together to make sure all the kids are with us. That's great. I know um, we have friends of ours who have severe peanut allergies. Ooh. So before what we do with that group of friends we trick-or-treat with now is before anybody opens any treats, the kids sit down and divide it all out, and the kids who can't have peanuts, you know, get rid of the candy that they can't have, and they trade it for something. And everybody dumps their mm-hmm. stuff in the living room floor, and they sort it all out, and they make their trades and everything. And and I think you know our kids know not to open stuff until, um, you know, until it's safe for the kids with allergies and things like that. So, yeah, and that's a a, a big issue uh, too: the safety of eating the candy. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. in today's world, some people do some really crazy things. So we should check their candy. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's great. We have just about a minute left. Krista, anything else you want to share? Well, um, just that I think, I think that as Christians, when, um, when we allow the power of God to to shine through our activities, um, that Halloween can be a fun um, time to laugh and, and encourage our children for dress-up and creativity, and families could be making costumes together. I mean, there's mm-hmm. some great family bonding that could happen. Sure. Um, and to not give um, the evil in our world any power, um, because Jesus has been victorious, and um, and we and we live in the light. And yes. so I just think that um, there's caution needed, and we have to be careful and in good judgment, but... I do think that it can be a fun time for for all Christians. All right. Thank you so much. My guest has been Krista Young. This is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com. 
or Wright Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield.